Stephen Sondheim said that his Merrily We Roll Along was finally fixed in a landmark 1985 production at the La Jolla Playhouse and our reduced Shakespeare Company correspondent, Reed Martin, was actually there. What do you remember about Merrily We Roll Along, directed by James Lapine at La Jolla Playhouse in 1985, when you were two, Reed? I remember seeing it. <laughs> Good. Thanks so much for reporting in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 16th year, number 796, Revealing Naked Emperors. does the Reduced Shakespeare Company constantly take the piss out of Shakespeare, history, literature, culture, and sports? Why are we constantly pointing out that the emperor's new clothes are not there? And does it seem like I've turned my attention from pointing out Shakespeare's shortcomings to pointing out the shortcomings of Stephen Sondheim recently? I don't know either, but the question arose back in January when Dee and I saw a college production of Stephen Sondheim and George Firth's musical Merrily We Roll Along, which we'd never seen but has a score that we've listened to a lot and loved. Well, we really didn't like the production, and we were surprised because so many people claim that Merrily We Roll Along is, is a misunderstood masterpiece, which was certainly not our impression. So when I found out that Reed Martin had seen the 1985 production in La Jolla that Sondheim loved and claimed had fixed the show, I was excited to find out what Reed remembered. Well, not much, as it turns out, but it led us to a discussion about why we do what we do. I remember there was a lot of excitement that maybe they could fix the, the what? The one, the rare Sondheim flop. Yeah. I remember people being excited that John Rubenstein was in it. Uh, Chip Zine. People yep. were excited about that. Um, yep. And I remember the reviews said the songs remained good. You know, they cut a few. They added a few. The songs were good. The, um, they, the performances were good. But Sylvie Drake in the L.A. Times said... Um, it still feels half an hour too long, the 85 version. Um, and the, the characters still seem sort of like stick figures. Yeah, that's that was my impression, having only seen it for the very first time a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Like 30 years, 35 years later, the characters remain stick figures and sort of problematic. Like the one lead character, Mary, the leading female character doesn't do anything literally but drink or pine for an unrequited love. Well, I want that role. <laughs> I think it's, I don't think it's real alcohol, Reed. I think it's pretend, but maybe. Damn it. Damn it. Um, I remember, I think the actors, right, they, well, they get younger over the course of the show, right? I mean, the characters get younger over the course of the show. Right. And I think the actors tended towards the younger side. Yeah. Um, I, and then the other production I saw, was in 2012 at Cincinnati Playhouse in the Park, oh. uh, directed by John Doyle. Um, and in that one, um, 
the actors, I think, were a bit older. So I think they cast actors sort of more in the middle of the age range. Right. And so so maybe they were a bit more plausible, both younger and older. Right. Um, and, of course, the John Doyle style, um, where the actors are also the musicians, I think it was a cast of 13. Um, and, um, you know, and they're also playing the instruments. Um, I'd seen the John Doyle production of Sweeney Todd, where he took that approach on Broadway with Patti LuPone and Michael uh, Cerverus, which was yeah. excellent. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, I remember, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm moved by some of the songs. Um, the set was interesting. It was, you know, it seemed like it was, you know, the background was just kind of stacks of sheet music, right? It was oh, kind neat. of an ab, an abstract uh, set, um, cool. which I liked. And I, I, I liked the production. Honestly, I don't remember much about the La Jolla one. I remember liking the Cincinnati one, but um, I think at that point, Doyle had done... Maybe he'd done a few years earlier production of Company in his style at Cincinnati that then went to Broadway. Yes, I think with uh, Ra Raul Esparza, yeah. Yeah, and so I presume that they were hoping they might do the same thing with Merrily. Uh, the, yeah. fact that it, the fact that it didn't then go to Broadway is maybe a review in itself. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I the, the the songs have always been, the score has always been sort of top five for me. It's one of those CDs I know pretty well. And 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 I remember just, just so seeing this, finally getting to see what it's all about for real. And I had heard so much that was problematic about the book, but mostly I thought, oh, well, people just don't like that it goes backwards in time. But that's the least of the problems. Harold Pinter did, went backwards in time with Betrayal and it worked a treat. And 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 one, one good thing about the backwards in time encore is that they go from bitter and old to young and optimistic and idealistic. So you go, oh, happy ending. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Um, and the songs are always sophisticated with Sondheim, uh, you know, like them or don't like them. They're always incredibly sophisticated, but the, but they're so, so much, they're so much more sophisticated on their own rather than being stuck with this terrible book that was very disappointing. I wish I could have seen John Rubenstein for a while there in the, um, in the nineties and early aughts, John Rubenstein and, and I were going up for the same parts on television a lot. And, and this is famously son of Arthur Rubenstein, star of Pippin on Broadway, the original Broadway cast. Oh my goodness. And sometimes he, well, sometimes I'd get the part. Most of the times he'd get the part. And every now and then we both got the parts in, in, in 24, we were both in President Palmer's uh, cabinet. <laughs> so you made peace with each other finally. We did, but we were always, very, he was always very friendly to me and I to him when we'd see each other. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> and in one case for lost in fact uh neither one of us got the part so there has anybody done the original uh george s kaufman moss part play that the musical is based on is the book good there that's a really good question and um uh i do i haven't read it and i've only read about it and it's had like a cast of 90 people or something and yeah. apparently the reviews were not kind Okay. So it was it was interestingly a, a rare flop from those hit makers too. Well, because yeah, well, it's interesting. So you take a a rare flop from those two and turn it into a rare flop for Stephen Sondheim. Yeah, at least it's consistent. It's consistent. Yeah, it's that's a mark of some kind of greatness. There's a lot to like about the musical. 
But yeah. <laughs> maybe the most interesting thing about it is the, the documentary that streams on Netflix. What is it? The best worst thing that could ever happen or something like that? That could have about, happened. Yeah, the best worst thing that could have happened. Yeah, it's a line from the song. Yeah, where they found this lost, what they had thought I think was lost footage, right? From the original right. rehearsals and the opening. And what did it close after like 13 performances or something? Something like that. A very short run. Yeah. 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 So that, that uh, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting watch. That's a uh, that's a very incredibly moving documentary. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I was surprised that they didn't interview Giancarlo Esposito, who was also in that original cast. Okay, for, but but for some reason had no desire to participate in the memories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pain! The pain! I don't. I don't know why that is. Yeah, I saw. Um, I've seen Sunday. I saw Sunday in the park. Uh, with George on Broadway with the original cast. And then I saw it here again at the Chicago Shakespeare Company with a dynamite cast. But but of course, Mandy Patinkin and Bernadette Peters are are, are forces of nature. But yeah. even without those forces of nature, even with just really good actors and singers, it, the Sunday in the Park still, it destroyed me. It has, I think, just incredible power. Um, and then I saw Into the Woods in previews and I didn't care for that. But, but... <laughs> But I was I was disappointed in seeing Merrily We Wrong, but I will I will always have the original Broadway cast album. And I'm not even sure I don't even like the rewrites that he wrote for the like the songs aren't as good in that 85 production. I don't Interesting. think yeah. Yeah. I think Rich and Happy is a better opening number than that Frank or something, which is a lyric that doesn't even land when you hear it. Um, sung by professionals, yeah, so yeah. that seems like so it wasn't just book problems. I thought he he took away two songs that were better than the two he replaced them with. Yeah, a lot. I don't know. I just know so many people whose opinions I respect, and who know a lot more about music than I do. You know, who who love the songs. I you know I um you know I, I studied accordion for seven years, so that tells you what I know about music. <laughs> You're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Hi, I'm Bob Mundello, and as critic for NPR's All Things Considered, I can vouch, by listening to these guys, you are definitely considering all things. Where can you RSC the RSC? We're still the remote Shakespeare Company, but we're about to start in-person rehearsals next week because, fingers crossed, next month we'll be back, finally, to live performances in Pennsylvania and Reston, Virginia. Check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or our Twitter feed, at Reduced, for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with Reed Martin about Stephen Sondheim and why we do what we do. Somehow, since Sondheim died last Thanksgiving, I have now devoted three, possibly four podcasts to Stephen Sondheim. And it feels like I'm out to take Sondheim off his pedestal the same way we've been taking Shakespeare off his pedestal. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, and that's, that's not my, I don't want, I don't mean to diminish the man's greatness in any way, but, but it does feel like everybody just needs to calm down a little about our 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 geniuses so what are your what are your favorite sondheim shows 
Oh my, uh, they're they're sort of the. I guess I was going to say they're sort of the classic ones. Um, um, Sweeney Todd, Sunday in the Park, um, funny thing happened on the way to the forum, um, Assassins, uh, and the score for Barely We Roll Along. Um, so there's one I miss. There's one I'm forgetting there, and I forget which one it is. Um, yeah, I mean I was going down the list, and I think I've seen nine of his shows. I have. Not Sunday Park, and I have not seen Assassins, but I saw Follies on Broadway, the Kennedy Center revival. That was great. Follies, um, yeah. I do love. I do love Follies. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've seen West Side Story. I love West Side Story. I played sure. Herbie and Gypsy. I played um, Carl Malden. Um, uh, I like Gypsy. Um, I like Forum. Um, but those are more where he's right. He's the. I don't know where it breaks down. Is he just the lyricist on those? early uh, musicals or is he writing music on some of them he's just the lyricist for for uh gypsy and west side story but forum was his very first foray into writing writing both the words and the music right so the fact that i even have to ask that question tells you i'm by no means an expert right <laughs> right right no and i i know i know people people love uh different ones people love uh, passion which i I can't get through. Um, people love Into the Woods, and I'm glad that they do. Uh, it just doesn't work for me. Um, uh, and again, I'm sure there are others that I'm I'm forgetting. But I mean, I mean, as a lyricist, there was you know, there's kind of just no comparison. No, and, and no. I can understand, and I, I can understand why some people don't like his music. I like a lot of it, but um, I mean, same with Shakespeare. Honestly, you know. There's a lot of Shakespeare is better than anything else, but a lot of it isn't, and I and I don't and I think it's okay to say that. Well, that's absolutely. I mean, when we kick Shakespeare off his pedestal, it's it's a couple of things. One, we're sort of mocking the way people take him too seriously, right? And rev- and revere him. Yes. yes. So half of it is not has has nothing to do with Shakespeare. It's just people's attitude toward it, um, yeah. and then just telling the truth, right? Okay. Thirty-seven plays, thirty-nine plays, however you want to number them, they're not all masterpieces. Well, and, and right? I remember, some of them were pretty bad. And I remember in in college, you know, in theater school, being well, in any in any sort of class, being told that this author, you must know this author because this author is great. And I think I can count on half of one finger, a professor who said, "This author wrote one or two great books, and the rest is crap." You know, you know, yeah. some, some sort of more measured evaluation rather than just all of this author's work is terrific. Exactly. Exactly right. I mean, God knows you and I can see the the faults of our own work. Why can't we look at the faults of other people's work? (laughs) That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Comedy podcast. I also had a conversation with National Public Radio film critic Bob Mondello about Merrily We Wrote Along. And if you're interested, I'll post that sometime soon. Let us know, and in the meantime, send us your thoughts about Sondheim or greatness or whatever via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. Or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com, or visit my website, theshakespeareans.com. 
Thanks, as always, to Lady Who Lunches, Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Catherine Morton. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to unrepentant Sondheimite Bob Mondello. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, get vaccinated, and keep your masks on, no matter what they say. I'm Austin Tishner, 796-2388 of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. This podcast is a production of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. So much less. So much less. So much less. So much less.